What is cracking, Tony G Nation? Another episode of the Tony G Show coming your way. Big episode today, I think. I don't know. We got some stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah. Big show, actually. We do have a lot to talk about. Uh, what we're going to be going through today is the NFC East. I want to talk about the NFC East. We're going to touch on each team because it's the worst division I think I've ever watched play football in the National Football League. I mean, it's and it's carrying over from year to year now. It's not just like a one-year thing like the NFC South did a mm-hmm. couple years back. This is like a, I mean, it's starting to carry over from year to year. And I'm getting tired of it. So we're going to talk about NFC East today. They were the Thursday night football game, and now they're going, <laughs> and now they're going to get another primetime game, I believe, Sunday night football coming up. Oh, I mean, I don't know who keeps – I don't know. they got to flex the NFC East to Sunday at noon on CBS so no one watches it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about each NFC East team. Uh, good news coming out of one of the teams. We'll get to that uh, in a moment here. That'll be, the last, that'll be the last team we talk about in our trip around the NFC East. And then our second segment, since our last show on Thursday, this is Tuesday. This is Tuesday, what, October 27th? Since our last show on Thursday, the World Series has played a couple games. And we're going to be breaking down what has gone down in the World Series since we last talked. You being Tony G Nation and I, Tony G. And uh, as always, I haven't even introduced you yet, my friend. How dare I? My buddy Will McCormick, everybody. I, d- I did speak for a second yeah. before. Yeah, Will McCormick, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Introduction's done. Uh, yeah, big show today. And we're going to be recapping Tony G's picks of the week. My best week yet. Good week. This season. Round of applause, please. Yeah, Tony G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're going crazy. Please, hold your applause for later. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. So before we get into it, as always... Uh, the, the the important information, Tony G Show drops Tuesdays, Thursdays on Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon as well. Um, you can get, you can follow me on Twitter at Tony G for Days. Follow Will at Willis5312 on Twitter. Connect with the show through Twitter. Follow us on SNC Radio. SNC Radio can be listened to live all throughout the day on SNCRadio.com. Or you can search up and favorite SNC Radio in the Radio FX app. On your smartphone or mobile device. Also, before we get into it, one last piece of information. Will and I had an interesting night last night. We were a part of Going Places with our friend Kara Orble. uh, Her podcast, Going Places. Check that out on your podcast platforms. We collabed with her. It was a a dual joint show. We interviewed Nick Kazarian, a, a trainer for Bears Fit. He works with professional athletes occasionally and... Specifically in the football world, and as well as just regular people. He was a mm-hmm. good guy to talk to. It was a good interview. Catch that on, on Going Places with Kara Orble on your podcast platforms. Just a little bit on that, Well, That was a cool experience. That was a good guy. He had yeah. a lot to talk about. He had very gr- good insight. I mean, he was also part of the Airborne Infantry. Mm-hmm. Good yeah, guy. I, we mean, covered... I mean, he has a lot of experience and a lot of lessons. Yeah, I mean, we covered you know everything from the Airborne Infantry to his training, yep. uh, to workout, to just... Who general, yeah, general advice. We talked about. There's a whole lot. We talked. We covered pretty much everything we could have in an hour, or so or yep. like 45 minutes. So definitely give that a look. I believe Carrie will be posting that podcast at some point. Soon, I think so. by the end of the week it'll be it'll be up. On, yeah, so definitely on give it a give it a listen if if you get the chance. Carol Orble, by the way, going places. It's just a show of her like interviewing different aspects of life. It's a really good show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's 
you, you hear about some of the interviews she's got coming up, and I don't know if she wants me to give an insight to this, but I think it's, I mean, any publicity is good publicity, and this isn't even bad, this isn't negative. No. I mean, this is good perspective, who she's interviewing next. A oh. former white supremacist. Yeah, wild. Former white supremacist. I mean, she has connections, she has great interviews, good topics. She's a good interviewer, too, who really knows how to steer an interview, so check that out again. That's Going Places with Kara Orbel on uh, your podcast platforms. Check that out. All right, back to our show, The Tony G Show. Big show coming your way. Stick around. This is The Tony G Show. Let's start here. Tony G Show, we're going to start in the NFC East, the worst division in football. The Thursday night game, again, why? Why Thursday night? Why put games like this on Thursday night? It couldn't have been more Thursday night if you included the Jacksonville Jaguars and Miami Dolphins. I mean, what the heck is going on here? And now they got another, I think it's Sunday night football. It's Giants, Eagles, or Cowboys. I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Mm -hmm. Really? Quit giving this division primetime games. Wrap it up. I, th- I think they're trying to tell us to not stay up late and watch football Thursday night. I think that's what—that's the message they're conveying. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not worth it. It's certainly not saying this is competitive competitive football. Tune in, enjoy yourselves, and just relax. No, that's not what this is. Because the Thursday night football game, Giants at Eagles, was a joke. And I had to pick it for Tony G's picks of the week. I got it right. I picked Philadelphia. We'll get to the rest of the picks later on in the show. But this particular game on Thursday night was a joke of a, of a professional football game. Listen to some... Of the events that went on, I mean, this is in order from the first quarter on. Just a few of the notes that I took down. Started with an interception from Daniel Jones. Then an almost interception on the next drive from Carson Rentz where he threw it cross body, kind of into double coverage. It was a bad throw, bad decision, and it, it bounced around for a little bit and no one caught it. Almost interception, bad throw. Then the next play, an actual interception from Carson Wentz. Again, cross body throw, double coverage, it was picked off. I mean, really. What is going on here? Okay, anyways. Then the Giants have a chance to score. Deion Lewis, former Patriot. Former Titan. Now a New York Giant. Sorry to hear it. But after this play, you deserve it. Fumble. <laughs> okay, so he fumbles the football. Now, <laughs> now Philadelphia gets it back. And a chance to tack on some points at the end of the halftime. 29-yard field goal from Jake Elliott. Philadelphia kicker, and he misses it. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Am I watching D3 football, or what's going on here? It's kind of like watching uh, like peewee football. It's really fun to watch because oh, sometimes it's right. just so bad. It's like the little kids. <sighs> Maybe that's the angle the NFL's taking. They're like, you know what? There's all these really good teams, and like we got to get the, the demographic of people, like bad teams. We got teams. enough competitive football around the rest of the league. Let's let this division fail a little bit. <laughs> what? So we finally get to halftime after the missed 29-yarder by Jake Elliott in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Do, you think, do you think you could hit a 29-yard field goal? Yes. You think you could? I think I have before. Confidently? Yeah. Down at Titletown here in Green Bay. Yeah, I think I have before. So I just need someone to hold it. And, ow! Maybe we'll have to go do that. Yeah, we will. I mean, it's you know about to start snowing yeah. like 20 degrees out. That's Anyways, okay. let's continue with the game here. So halftime, wow. The half of the game is over. Thank goodness. We got another half coming up. <laughs> the play. The, <laughs> I can't say it without laughing. The play of the century. This is like oh. an all-time blooper. Daniel Jones, breakaway, 80-yard touchdown run, and he stumbles. He falls to the ground. Well, there's no one within 10 yards of him. 
No one. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And he... <laughs> I felt embarrassed for him. He falls to the ground. Okay. To be fair, he's not, you know, he's not advertised as like a Lamar Jackson-esque quarterback. Oh, right, so right. I, right. I could see that happening to... But still. I could see Peyton Manning doing that or, you know, Tom Brady doing that, so... Like, I could think of at least 10 professors that I have had in my career here that could finish that runoff. Mm-hmm. And all of them are older. <laughs> I mean, come on. Okay, so a couple more things here about this game. And these are the things that really gets under my skin. I say these in a serious tone because this is ridiculous. Evan Ingram can't catch a football. This is the, at one of the tight ends for the Giants. Couldn't catch a football on the tip of his fingers that would have put the game away. Dropped. I counted as a drop. Then, in a drive down by one, one point with 40 seconds left, a chance to make a drive to win the game and put themselves back in the division race, the Giants start the drive with a holding penalty. Then after this, they fumble to lose the game. Mm -hmm. This is a game with 11 punts. 11 punts. And you want this on your prime time. This is the, this is the game that non-regular football fans are going to be watching because, you know, it's it's the only game on for the day. Let's see what... And this is the football they pulled out, put out? 40 seconds left. You got to make a drive to win a game. Put yourselves back in the division race, like I said. And you have a, you start to drive with a holding penalty. Clean it up. I mean, this is professional football, and, and, and this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. This is your make-or-break drive to prove yourselves as competitive... Even though your record isn't isn't subpar, you're in a subpar division, so it doesn't really matter. And you still have a chance to compete and win a football game, and and you blow it. Not just the holding penalty, but then you fumble? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, and the, these this year is really kind of proving to me why, you know, having the leading division player or team make the playoffs guaranteed is almost kind of like... There's just no validity or like it, right? You know, it just seems like that's kind of a dated system. Like, well, the NFC South. I mean, there was talk about this when the NFC South was really bad a few years back, mm-hmm. where the Panthers, Falcons, yeah, Saints and Buccaneers were all really bad, and then I think it was the Saints that, that came away and, and took the division. I think they were like eight and eight, nine and seven. I'm thinking off the top of my head here, but yeah, you get the point that it wasn't good football, Mm-mm. and there was talk about there was other teams that were better that didn't make the playoff race. But because they weren't number one in the division, they were in a tougher division. They didn't get into the playoffs. Right, like that. So there was talk about that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's this is proving that again. But it's the same conversation. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Um, but th- that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about reshifting the playoff picture. What we're talking about is just how bad the football is in the NFC East. And I want to start here. Uh, we'll start uh, with the two teams we saw Thursday night: Eagles, Giants. We'll start with the Eagles. Listen, I gotta say this. I've been a Carson Wentz guy. Me too, for a long time. But I think this is where I start to jump jump ship. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were jumping ship last season and into this season. They said he's not that good anymore. I I, I haven't been of that perspective just yet until Thursday night because he he's really regressed in his place since he he tore his ACL. Remember, he was on he was on pace to become the MVP the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Tore his ACL. Against the Rams, I believe it was. And then Nick Foles took over and they won the Super Bowl. Everybody knows that story. Beat the Patriots. And Carson Wentz was part of that team for the first half of the regular season until he got injured. On pace to become an MVP. He was having a great season. He's decreased his play every year since then. I mean, it's been obvious. It's not even remotely. And you can't even blame any everything else. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have talent. It's not like he... 
I mean, I get it could be better, but it could be better for anybody. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz isn't making it work because Carson Wentz is making bad mistakes. Did you hear the the two points that I had in the game when I recapped the game? The almost interception, crossbody throw, and mm-hmm. the double coverage from Carson Wentz. Then the next throw, the actual interception. Again, crossbody, bad decision. A lot of coverage. It was a contested. You got to set up your receivers for success if you're a quarterback. I get the routes kind of do that, and if it's a good secondary, then it, it, there's not much you can do. But you cannot be throwing the ball up in the double, triple coverage. Again, cross body. You got to be making better decisions, sounder decisions, and more successful decisions. Right. I mean, even if the play didn't work out and it was an incomplete pass, as long as it's not batted around and intercepted, then it's okay. Then I'm okay with it. Just make better decisions. Yeah, and it's almost proving me that, you know, when Nick Foles took over was just really that good and really helped Wentz and, you know, made him look that good. Um, And now he's, you know, he's just, it's kind of proving to me, I've always been a Wentz fan too. I've always supported him. I thought, you know, he'll bounce back eventually. But I'm wondering if this is proving that he's a role player quarterback at best. Because it's not just, it's not just, like I said, it's not outlying factors of talent around you or coaching. You got a a coach who's won a Super Bowl, Doug Mm -hmm. Peterson, as as a head coach. You got experience now. You know how the league works. You know how defenses are going to be coming at you. You, it's it shouldn't be a mechanical thing anymore. You should have that ironed out. What I what I see from Carson Wentz is not veteran mistakes. It's not like oh yeah, I, I know I, I did that wrong. Or these are rookie mistakes. These are baseline, just entering the league mistakes from a quarterback that I would expect from a Daniel Jones, from a quarterback that I would expect like a like a Joey Burrow. And even Joe Burrow's not making some of these mistakes. I mean, these are stupid throws from Carson Wentz. Rookie mistakes. I should almost call this the NFL rookie quarterback spotlight. Carson Wentz. I almost did name this episode that because Carson Wentz is playing terribly. Mm-hmm. Just last Thursday, it was the first time over 100 yards passing in the last nine games, including the playoffs. Bad decisions, bad reads. And beyond that, he's forcing himself out of the pocket when he doesn't need to. I mean, this is like a Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel trying to do something when you don't need to type of mistake. Stay in the pocket. Force the defense to be perfect. That's what he should be trying to do. Force the edge rushers or or force the, the pass rush to be perfect and get to you. What are you doing rushing out of the pocket? You're not that mobile of a quarterback. You've torn your ACL before. Bad throws, like I said, the crossbody into coverage. The guy is a turnover machine. That's really what he's become. That's what I define him as now. Ten interceptions on the season, five fumbles this season, as well as 16 last year. Mm-hmm. That's over 30 turnovers in the last two seasons, in the last season and a half. I, I almost wonder if he's he has a lot of pressure to perform, and I wonder if he's one of those people that just, like, you know, does not I get what you're saying. Does not have, like, does not uh, respond well to pressure. Mm-hmm. Because before, I mean... That Super Bowl year, was that his second year in the league? It, yeah, it was early. It was early on in his career, and I wonder if he had a lot of hype around him and people just kind of were like behind him. Well, that's the um, thing, though, because yeah. he was performing those first two years. So, did I, to your point, Will, are you trying to say that it's like uh, 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 he wants to prove himself after Nick Foles won him the Super Bowl? Yeah, or like that. He wants to establish himself. Yeah, like officially. people. He's had a lot of, you know, like a lot of slander towards his name after his in- injury, and right. people saying, yeah, like the team was just better, you know, if a backup quarterback can come, can come in and win, 
then it's just a good team. Right. You know, like the Patriots have done it before where Tom Brady's out and they win five games that, you know, five of five games and he's out. And it's like, that's just a good team. That's not the quarterback carrying the team. Right. And I wonder if he responds negatively to that. I think that that's a great point. I think, you know, I'm starting to think that that may be the case as well. He, he's trying to do too much. Let's wrap that together. Your point and my points that the mistakes he's making are terrible, stupid, rookie, young mistakes. And your point of maybe he's playing under pressure and he wants to fully establish himself as a successful quarterback after Nick Foles kind of took his job after he got injured. And the, the Eagles still stuck with him, though. Mm-hmm. So maybe you'd think that'd be a boat of confidence towards him. But still, right. I get what you're saying, that he may be under pressure to prove himself. And now he's he finds himself against the wall. Right. I mean, like he, to me, to me, this is do or die time for Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, I this mean, is where he has to earn his his uh, his starting position. If if the forward. next year or two doesn't really pan out, I'm or, you know, if he doesn't play to that level he was back in his second year or even first year too, it, it's going to be really hard for I think the Eagles to stick with him. I it's hard to say if it's really the team or if it's if it's you know Wentz just really playing or just making like these boneheaded stupid mistakes that. You know, he's trying to make up and make big plays and right. he's not, you know, thinking and he's just going for the, the obvious big play. And that's just, you know, that's not always going to work. Well, here, here's what I want to say moving forward. I, You say the next year or two, I say if it's not, if he can't start to perform better this season, if he can't iron out some of these kinks now, I'd bench him. They got Jalen Hurts who's eager to get in the game. Who I, I remember Jalen Hurts... Former Alabama quarterback got benched for Tua Tungavailoa, went to Oklahoma, made a contention for the Heisman, and then get drafted by the Eagles. Now they use him in kind of a wildcat package. They bring him in every so often. And I remember a play a couple weeks back watching an Eagles game. For some reason, I was watching an Eagles game. And Jalen Wentz, Jalen Hurts, excuse me, gets brought in to play quarterback in this wildcat formation. And there was a penalty. It was like a false start or a holding. And they had to move back. And then the Eagles switched the play, and Jalen Hurts had to come out. And he kind of rolled his eyes. He was like, come on, man. This is my chance to get in the game, make a play, uh, get some playing time. And it was taken away from me because of a stupid penalty, again made by what looks like an undisciplined football team in the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So so I think Jalen Hurts is ready to go. He feels like he's ready. He's eager to get in the game. He's eager to start making a name for himself. And he's not having that opportunity being brought to him because he's behind Carson Wentz. So I, I I think it's do or it's put up or shut up time mm-hmm. if you are Carson Wentz. I get that the Eagles right now are leading the division two four and one. Wow, they're right in front of Washington at two and five. Can you imagine leading the division with two wins and four losses? No, I honestly can't. I, I can't I, imagine that. any team leading the division being two and four. It would just be kind of shocking. <laughs> you know, like I can't imagine a I division being that bad. It's it's wild. It is, it is bad football all around. Now, you could make the argument that a quarterback change in the middle of a, of a season, in the middle of a division race, is a bad move. And we talked about this last week with the Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tua Tungavailoa thing in Miami. That's different. Okay? That's like good football. Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing well. That's a division race that Miami could possibly win. This is, this is NFC East football. Granted, Eagles could still win it. But I think that they have a better chance. Almost, I, I'm willing to go out and, and venture and say that Jalen Hurts gives the Eagles a better chance than Carson Wentz right now. You, you're going to be dealing with the same rookie mistakes. 
going to be dealing with the same, I want to say, inexperiences because Carson Wentz isn't showing that he has any leadership. I think he's losing his face of the franchise Mm -hmm. type of mentality. He shouldn't be a captain on that team. He shouldn't be a face of the franchise. He should not even be a starter anymore is what I'm arguing. Jalen Hurts has a better chance to take over all three of those uh, positions that I mentioned rather than Carson Wentz right now. And the reality is, too, if they lose or, you know, if the Eagles end up winning out or if they end up winning the division, you know, at this mediocre level that they're playing right now, they're going to get swept in the playoffs. Oh, they it won't, won't even, even it won't even be close. So, like, why not take a chance and try to improve the team? If you play Jalen Hurts and, and you guys improve and you'll still win the division then, you know, if, if you play as good, if not better, than Wentz would have. Um, and then you'll have a better chance in the playoffs rather than sticking with Wentz just for the sole purpose of winning the division. I mean, what do you got to lose is what you're saying. Right. Like, they're, like why not try it? Because if you lose this year, so what? The division is terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody... If you lose this year, if you lose... It, on the other hand, if you win, you're not going to go far. Right. Like, it, yeah, if, if you lose, oh, well, the division's bad. That's It's a good year to try some new stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. Test the waters. Because if they win the division, they're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. Right. Anywhere. Anywhere. And it's a different uh, playoff picture this year as well. I, th- I think the new uh, player agreement, it, it went through this year. And I think that they're going to be dealing with a little different playoff picture as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Especially in the, in the NFC East, where it's bad football all around. Uh, let's let's transition here from the Eagles to the Giants. They look equally as bad, but it's understandable. You know, they have the young quarterback. They have inexperience all around. They don't have much talent just yet. Their coaching isn't the best, and it's not the most experienced. It's understandable that they aren't good. It's not like the Eagles case where they won a Super Bowl and now they're just bad football players or bad football coaches and. You know, it's kind of baffling what's happening in Philadelphia. No one expected the Giants to be good this year or run away with it. They were kind of expected to be bad. Same with the Washington football team. But nonetheless, the difference here is that the New York Giants have a game plan without Saquon Barkley. And the Eagles look lost without Miles Sanders. Okay, so making that connection to this game on Thursday night, both teams were without their starting running backs. The difference, as I mentioned... The Eagles just looked lost, looked like they were relying on Carson Wentz, and Wentz looked like he had no idea what to do, looked like he had no sense of direction at all within the game plan. And the Giants look like they know what they're trying to do. It's just not the most fluid yet. Mm-hmm. You know, their, their game plan and their play isn't the most clean and isn't the most solid and, and practiced yet. It's, it's not, not polished. It's not polished at all. The thing is, they know where they're going. They have a sense of direction without their... their Starting running back, in part because he's going to be gone for the year. So they really had to adjust without mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley. You know, and, and ways they do that is quarterback options. They they maximize their receiving talent. Veterans like Golden Tate. and They have a whole set of tight ends like Sterling Shepard, um, Evan Ingram, who I mentioned earlier, etc. You know, they, they try to maximize what they have and utilize it to the best of their ability. There's no one player that their offense runs through without Saquon Barkley. They they diversify. I feel like I'm saying. yeah, I feel like the Giants, even though their record may not show it, I don't think they they're not as disorganized as it may look. At least I get that perception when I watch them. I feel you know obviously they're a, they're one and five, right? 
The Giants are one and six now. One and six. They're a one and six team, which is terrible. That's bottom of the barrel in the league right now. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't feel like they're really disorganized. If that makes sense. I mean, yep. I, I think they have, like you say, a, a direction. But I think it's going to be a decent amount of time until they really are able to develop as a team because it's it's a process. It's not something you can flip in one year. Right. You know, I think Daniel Jones is a decent quarterback. I don't think he's you know, he, he's a better option than most quarterbacks out there, so obviously they're going to stick with him. Um, but it just looks like they have a sense of direction, you know? I mean, yeah. like, like I mentioned, they know where they're going. Right. They, and, and, they didn't expect to be good this year. No, and well, and losing Saquon was, you know, that's... No one could have planned for that. Right. That's that's the that's the key of their offense. If he, you know, that's losing your star. It's like the Packers losing Rodgers, that's gone. You know, at least for right now, the Giants, their biggest player is Saquon, so that's... You know, losing him was a big was a big big blow to their to their uh, their star power. So I mean, they're they're a work in progress, but I feel like they're they have a good direction. So talking about losing a player for the year, we'll we'll use that as a transition point from the Giants to the Cowboys. Without Dak Prescott, there's been a lot of talk coming out of uh, Dallas. Now without Andy Dalton too. Without Andy Dalton, that's correct. After getting, did you see that hit? Oh, oh he brutal. got blasted on that play. Nonetheless, there's a lot of heat surrounding Mike McCarthy. He's already on the hot seat. Can you believe that? A 2-5 and five start to his career in Dallas, and he's already on the hot seat through seven games. That's I believe it. They just lost badly, 25-3, to three, to the Washington football team. In division, they didn't look competitive. They didn't look good at all. They have Ezekiel Elliott. They don't use him. That's the M.O. for Mike McCarthy not being able to use Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams kind of making the offense not look as as fluid as it should be. And it's the same thing in Dallas now. He doesn't know how to use Ezekiel Elliott, and it shows. That's bad football. That's terrible football. There's news media surrounding the, the idea that he could be getting... He's on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. That after this season, if it doesn't look good, he could be gone. Because they're looking worse this year than, than they looked last year. Right. And, and that was a bad division last year. It wasn't the best football. They're looking even worse this year. The mm-hmm. Cowboys are. They're third in the, in the division, like I mentioned. I mean, wh- we'll I'm, talk about the Cowboys here in a second moving forward, but Mike McCarthy, if you get fired from another job after one season, what does that do to his confidence? Yeah, do you I think he's going to go try to get another job? I wouldn't I wouldn't assume he'd... Because he had a tough time getting fired in Green Bay. I, I know that mm-hmm. took a, a toll on him mentally and emotionally, and he had to take the year off and eventually decided to come back to coaching and, and went, landed in Dallas. If he gets fired after one season, after one bad season where they go 5-11, and 4-12 and 12 maybe, what does that do to his confidence? He might right. never return to coaching. Well, I don't know if, he, if he'd even be sought after. Yeah. Would he even be an idea moving forward? Probably not. I mean, let's think about some openings here. You know Atlanta has one with Dan Quinn being fired going into the next season, you know. There's a lot of there's a lot. I mean, the Lions could potentially be looking. Yeah, although, although they seem the very too. the Lions seem very sold on their coach. So I, I don't know if that would be. Yeah, that, that's a weird situation. I, yeah, I don't know if you did we talk about that. But either way, yeah, the Lions seem very pleased. The players at least seem very pleased with their coach. But yeah, there's a lot of teams that could be Mike McCarthy ready. But I don't. I mean, I. I, I mean, what's what, look at his resume now. He's gonna stay in Dallas. He didn't win with Aaron Rodgers. He's not winning with Ezekiel Elliott. What, what's the deal? He's gonna stay. You think so? You think? Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't Jerry, think, I don't, you know how competitive Jerry Jones yeah, is. Yeah, I don't and think he wants he, to win, and he wants to win now. I don't think he'll jump ship that fast. That would be brat. That'd be like way too quick. Way too quick. I I, I suppose you're right. You'd be giving but the up. The Browns on a did it with Freddie Kitchens last year, and they look a little more competitive than what they were. They look yeah. a little more clean and disciplined They're this year bad. compared to last year. That yeah, that's. I suppose that's different though, because like I said, they look more disciplined this year, and mm-hmm. I don't want to say the Cowboys are undisciplined. It's just their bad. offense is bad. <laughs> I mean. Contested catches every single throw. Yeah. Not using Ezekiel Elliott to the best of their ability, and they have a good offensive line. What's going on down there in Dallas that you're not being able to make it work? This is now this is turning to a Mike McCarthy problem. I get Dak Prescott is injured, but don't use that as an excuse to make up for mm. the play with Mike McCarthy because it, it wasn't clean, it wasn't fluid when they had Dak Prescott. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh I agree to a point. I think that sure. you know you shouldn't rely on Dak, but you should also rely on your star players a little bit too. So right. like, let them make plays. Use so Zeke. I think he's not having a big year either. Right. Like I think it's I you know I think it's a valid excuse to say that yeah they don't have their star quarterback and now they're on their third string quarterback. Yeah, they're gonna be bad. And I suppose their defense has been dealing with injuries as well. They mm-hmm. Van Der granted, they can never really yeah. I mean their middle linebacker he's like the Sean Lee two point mm-hmm. My roommate Christian calls him. Sean Lee 2.0, because Sean Lee was always injured, and now Van Der Esch is the same thing. Jeff Jeff Heath, I think, was out for a while, too, with yeah. shoulder injury, maybe. Yeah, he was maybe, always but, injured, yeah. So it, it's just, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I agree with you. I think McCarthy's got to prove. Himself. And, yeah, and I don't know if it's going to be this season. You know, it, it really depends on Jerry Jones and how much, you know, how sold he is on McCarthy, because we're not going to we're not gonna see him with Dak until next year now, right? Yep. So it's going to, yeah, it's... You know well, what about the Cowboys moving forward now? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they go from another head coach to another head coach to another, I mean, Jason Garrett couldn't win with Zeke. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy isn't winning with Zeke right now. If they decide to move on from a coach, what are they going to look for? They have to go into an interview and say, "What are you going to use? How are you going to use Ezekiel Elliott?" Kind of set it up to see what's the game plan with Zeke. Just get it over with here in the interview. Put yourself in that interview. You want to know how you're going to use Zeke. You want to know how this offense... What are you going to do different than what we've had the last two seasons, the last couple seasons with Jason Garrett and now Mike McCarthy? How, how are we going to be different? How are right. you going to use Zeke? How are we going to be successful offensively? Because, I mean, that's a good team. That's a solid team. Yeah. Talent-wise, injuries, game plans, contested catches, it's just not looking the most fluid over in Dallas. And it, it, also, it also makes you wonder, too, like, you know, how is this... I know it's been talked about everywhere, but how is Dax contract gonna go because is is mccarthy's offense making him look better or worse than he actually is you know yeah it, it's gonna be is it a mike mccarthy like it like it's an adam gates right. problem in new york is it the right. same thing in dallas it's gonna be a really cool uh not cool but i'm really interested and i'm very intrigued to see how this plays out because right there's a million ways the cowboys could go about this they could purposely tank because they're not a bad team. I don't think they have. I don't think they have the worst talent in the world. They can I mean, purposely and, and tank. If they do, are get they going to draft a quarterback to replace Dak? Because no. Dak, Dak's on a franchise tag this year. He could be gone. After he this could year. be gone. That, that right. And, so, and that, that was a lot of talk once he got injured. You know, everyone was like, "That sucks," because he didn't get signed to the contract. Zeke got the contract, and Dak got the the franchise tag. So he doesn't get a chance to really prove himself mm-hmm. heading into free agency. But I mean, it's Dak Prescott. You see what it's doing to the Cowboys without him. It's not good right. football at all. So, yeah, it's going to be, you know, they could go a million ways. They could tank right. and get a quarterback. They could tank and sign Dak and hope that he, you know, his play wasn't a fluke. They could get rid of McCarthy. They could keep McCarthy. Yeah, there's a million ways they could go about it. They could it. use Amari as trade bait. I could see yeah. that happening as well. 
maybe try to get swing some defensive players. I don't know. We'll they, see how they it could goes even, They could even try to trade. Well, you know, I don't know what Andy Dalton, the extent of his injury is, but. Right. That's a good point. I mean, you got a, a if serviceable they're gonna, if they're quarterback. Tank, if they're going to tank, they might as well tank all the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going down, if it rains, let it pour. Right. Moving on around the NFC East. Good news now. This is We've been hitting the NFC East, kind of ranting on, begging on all the teams in the NFC East. This is good news right now coming out of Washington, the Washington football team, where they haven't had much good news in the last, since Robert Griffin III. Here's the deal. I don't know if you've known this, but uh, head coach for the Washington football team, Ron Rivera, has been dealing with cancer throughout the course of this season. And just yesterday, this is the show's being recorded on Tuesday, Yesterday, Monday, October 26th, Ron Rivera had his last cancer treatment. He is past it. He's good. He's beat cancer, mm-hmm. and he now gets a chance to return back to Washington. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Washington in a second here, but what, Ron Rivera, one of the best guys in the NFL. Round of applause. I mean, no no one has said a bad word about the guy. He, he parted ways with the Panthers a, a, a few years back and found his way into Washington now. That's a guy who, who has military service. He's... One of the best guys in his community. That's what he's known for. He's a really all-around good guy, good family man too. Good rep around him. He didn't deserve to deal with this cancer, but nonetheless, he never complained about it, didn't talk about it much, just kind of dealt with it. And, I mean, you really got to give your props to, to a man like that. He coached while he was getting treatments. Like, yep. he, at halftime, he'd go in and get an IV. Yep, yep, that's true. That's commitment. Like That is... That's. What does that show to your team as a as a player in the locker room, knowing that your coach is grinding it out there to be on right. the sideline with you? Because the reality That's is, beautiful. Nobody would have judged him if he said, "I'm sorry, I'm sitting out this season." Oh, absolutely! Not. How do you judge that? How do you say, "Oh, come on, tough it out"? Right. It's not like he he twisted his ankle. Right. He's dealing with cancer. Like if if I were in his shoes, I would have probably retired. I mean, because with life is short. Stuff, but that just shows his commitment to his team, his community, to his family. This is his first year in Washington, and he really wanted this to work out. So all the props to him. Um, just a, a, a few updates on how Washington worked with Ron Rivera and played with him while he had cancer. Will mentioned that he got IVs during halftime. So he allowed the coordinators, defensive and offensive coordinators, to really take over and coach the team during halftime, and he would coach on the sideline. Also throughout the practice week, the offensive and defensive coordinators would kind of split up and and take teams through their practices, and, and Ron Rivera couldn't be there because he was getting cancer treatment. But he'd come in to coach the game. That's commitment. That's 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 just beautiful. By the way, let's also recognize the amount of risk he was putting himself under with the coronavirus oh, yeah. while he Absolutely. had cancer. I mean, that just adds I, a whole new layer. To right. Me. Like I I can't say I, with experience, you know what would have happened if he would have had COVID, but. It would have been a scary situation. Absolutely. So, you know, knock on wood that that doesn't happen to him because I'm sure he's still, you know, his body's still recovering. Absolutely. Um, chemo, chemo is very serious and, and very, very, it takes a toll on the body. From so, the Tony G show to Ron Rivera, take it easy, man. Yes. That, that's yes. a man right there. Yes. That is a man. So, so pretty, let, pretty amazing. Let's move forward with Washington here. Now Ron Rivera has time to focus on building this organization up from really the ground. I mean, from ground zero with Washington. Mm-hmm. This is a lost organization, no direction. The talent isn't there just yet. The experience isn't there just yet, especially Dwayne Haskins in his second year. 
the talent's not all there. It's the experience isn't all there, like I mentioned. So now he has to he has to build this organization up from the ground. Now he gets the chance to grow a, a real relationship, seeing them in practice, seeing them at halftime with the players, with the coaches, with the organization around. And and really he has an opportunity to set this organization in a competitive spot. Good for him. Good for Ron Rivera. Good for Washington. Now Ron Rivera can establish a, a team chemistry, can establish a locker room feel and atmosphere, which he couldn't do. How do you do that in, in practice over a Zoom call? How do you do right. that? You can't do that. So now he has a chance to focus and, and really build up this organization. Who needs it badly? So mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see where they're going. Um, in terms of the division so far this year, they're second place, 2-5. and five. Still a chance to get to the playoffs. What a Cinderella story that would be if they got to the playoffs with Ron Rivera having to deal with cancer through the first seven weeks. Yeah, I mean that would be that would be pretty amazing. I that'd mean, be that'd be pretty awesome. I think whatever team comes out of that division, like we said before, is just going to get absolutely swamped. Right. But either right. way, well, well, let's go there to wrap up this argument, wrap up this discussion as a whole. The future of the NFC East. I'm sorry that there is one because <laughs> who wants to watch this football? Like I mentioned, they're another primetime game in the NFC East. I hope that game gets flexed out. I hope that game gets bounced. But nonetheless, I I predict. You know what? I'm going to take the I'm going to take the, the the Washington Football Team to come out. I don't want to. I think the Eagles. My heart, my guts tell me that the Eagles are figure it out good enough to a point that they can get a division win. But I want the Washington Football Team to to come away with it because of the Ron Rivera thing. So I I my predictions. Washington Eagles Cowboys Giants as like the the final one, two, three, four. the final division because this should be the last time we're talking about this yeah. division. I don't want to talk about this division no. anymore after this. I, I agree. I think the Giants will be last place uh, easily. Yeah. Um. I could see the Cowboys making a push. Okay. Potentially. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it really depends on if Andy Dalton comes back or not. I don't yeah. think they're like. I don't think they're really, you know, lacking any talent. Well, if they just figured out how to use Zeke. Right. Come on. And I think Andy Dalton's a. He's a probably, you know, if you're going to get a backup quarterback, I would take Andy Dalton. You sure. know, he's played some serious games. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be, it's, I mean, you know, 50, it's 50, 50 really about who's going to win, even it's though it's four teams. It's going to be 25% across the board, whoever gets it. It's just a flip of a flip of a coin, I guess. It's going to be, yeah, real interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Eagles, I guess, but if I have to make a choice, but yeah. I could see the Cowboys doing it as well. Yep. Yeah. It's a really shot in the dark, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's move on. Transitioning from football to baseball, we'll come back to football to do the Tony G picks of the week to end the show. But I want to talk about the World Series, what's happened since we last met on Thursday. You know, game three, Dodgers won 6 2. Game four, did you see the end of this game? This was a nuts baseball game. Back mm-hmm. and forth the entire game. It was. It was really spectacular to, to watch the whole thing. It was memorable. Dodgers, I mean, it was back and forth the entire game. You know, this team would take the lead in that team. And this team, it was back and forth the entire game. Heading into the last inning, bottom of the ninth, Razor down 7-6. Kenley Jansen coming in to close the game. Experienced closer for the Dodgers. We talked about him last time we talked World Series and last time we talked Dodgers, that he's kind of losing a step or two. His miles per hour aren't there anymore. His... Almost guaranteed, I, I want to call it, outs and saves are not there anymore. So he comes into the game to get the close. Puts runners on base. And here comes 
Brett Phillips. Two outs. Down to their final out. Runners on first and second. There's a shift on. Okay, Brett Phillips is a left-handed hitter. Shifts on. First baseman's where he usually is. Second baseman's where he usually is. And I believe the shortstop's out in right, right, uh, shallow right field. Or it could be flip-flop, the second baseman shortstop. Either way, Brett Phillips gets a cutter. Down two strikes. Down to the last strikes. Gets a cutter. Hits it right through the shift. Hits it into the outfield. Okay, game's going to be tied. We're going to go to extra innings. Oh, boy. Here we go. Chris Taylor fields it. Oh, he bobbles it. Man drops the baseball. And now he throws into Max Muncy. Because the runner on first, Randy Rosarena, is going to come around to score. Game's tied already. Game tied at 7-7. This is the winning run. Max Muncy gets it. And he throws home. Randy Rosarena, as this is happening, trips. The man falls down halfway to home to score the winning run. He falls over. Stumbles. Max Muncy, the throw, kind of bad. Taylor, I believe it was Will Smith, has to reach across his body to try to make a swipe tag. He drops the baseball. Baseball gets away. Randy Rosarena picks himself up after stumbling and touches home plate. Rays win (laughs) 8-7. It's action, action-packed. Uh, I stood up from my seat, Will. A couple minutes there. I was sitting down, and I went, oh, boy! And I stood up. It was nuts. It was just nuts. I, I don't know who to blame that loss on more, Chris Taylor in center field bobbling the baseball, or if I should blame Max Muncy for the cutoff throw to, to home plate that was a little off the mark, or if I should blame catcher Will Smith for dropping it. I don't know who to blame for that. A lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes going on. That could have been cleaner baseball. Dave Roberts, you could see, visibly upset. Once that happened, the camera was on him. He kind of threw the hat down, threw the hands up in the air. and Who can blame him? That was bad baseball. That's a World Series game, and you play like that? Ooh, boy. Lose the game. Get series tied 2-2 after that game. By the way, we're getting really close to our predictions. Do you know that? You picked the Dodgers in six. I picked the Rays in seven. Yep. We're they're getting both, real both close. Are still possible. We're getting real close. <laughs> Dodgers in six. It, it could win tonight because... Game five, Tyler Glasnow, the Rays got roughed up a little bit. Four earned runs. Dodgers touched them up. That wasn't really a competitive game Sunday night. So, Dodgers are up 3-2, heading into game six, which is tonight. Game seven will be tomorrow if necessary. The World Series will be wrapped up no matter what at the next Tony G show. I mm-hmm. cannot wait. I cannot wait. I, I, I want to watch that more than I want to watch football. Especially yep. the NFC East game. Especially, especially NFC. Well, I want to watch volleyball more than I want to watch NFC East football. I mean, volleyball is interesting, actually. I like volleyball. Well, I'd watch. I think I'd watch golf over the NFC East. Me too. And I don't golf. I golf, but I can't watch golf. Yeah. I got roommates here that, that watch golf. I don't get how they do it. Yeah, I can't. That's boring to watch. It's I'm like sorry. I, like I, I said in the interview with Kara, I was like, I, I've played soccer for like 12, 15 years. I. Is I have a hard time sitting down and watching a game. Yeah, you did mention that yesterday. I, I can I can do it. I can do it, but like, I got to be really invested. Like, wow, wow. Yeah, and I don't, I don't have a favorite team either, so that probably also plays into that. I love I love you know when uh, the World Cup is on, then I watch. But right. I really don't have a favorite team. But I digress. Yeah, get digressing, boy. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Just just to wrap up that thought, World Series, and you want to change your prediction, well. No, I'm sticking with seven. Okay. Game seven, Rays. Rays are going to win Rays the next Rays in seven. Two. Okay. I like, I like it. That's bold. Good game tonight. 
Look forward to it. It should be Blake Snell, I believe. I don't want to put that down in writing. The lineups haven't come out yet. And I don't have the days of rest off the top of my head. But I believe it should be Blake Snell and I want to say Walker Bueller. Because Clayton Kershaw went on Sunday night. So it should be Walker Bueller tonight. Either way, it's going to be a good game. Mm -hmm. I look forward to watching it. I hope it goes to Game 7 just because Game 7s are awesome. I'll, yeah. I'll risk my prediction. I'll give up my predictions so that we go to a Game 7. Games, game 7s are legendary. I'll take it. But nonetheless, big news coming out of baseball pretty soon here. I just wanted to touch on that um, before we wrap up the show because we know we always wrap up the show with Tony G Picks of the Week. So we're going to get to the Tony G Picks of the Week. Then we're going to discuss some general quick news and notes around the NFL Moving forward. Tony G picks of the week, Will. Are you ready to recap? I am ready. Oh, boy. I am also ready. I know you are ready. You know why? I came into this week four and six. And you know I advertised myself to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I came into this week four and six. It's just unacceptable. I get it. What did I do? Made picks like a champion. Thursday. Good football there. Yeah, right. I said shot in the dark. Philly. They won 22-21. Thanks, Eagles. Sunday noon game, Steelers 5-0, Titans 5-0. I said Steelers, I'll take them. I think they're going to get the job done. What do you know? 27-24, 2 0 to start the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now Sunday 3-30 game and Sunday night game got flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sunday 3-30 was originally supposed to be Seahawks-Cardinals. They got flipped to Sunday night. The Sunday night game of Buccaneers-Raiders got flipped to Sunday 3-30. So Sunday 3-30, Buccaneers. At Raiders, I said the Buccaneers are going to come out on top. I really like their defense. I like what they're doing. What do you know? 45-20, to 20, they get the win. 3-0 and on the week. Sunday night. What did I do, Will? This is my proudest pick of the season so far. I had the Cardinals scheduled to win in an upset to beat the Cardinals. Or, excuse me, to beat the Seahawks. 4-2 and two Cardinals at home, hosting the Seahawks, 5-0. and oh, Big offense in Russell Wilson. I said DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a good day. I said Kyler Murray, I really like what he's doing. I'm picking the Cardinals. What do you know they won, Will? On a... Like 37-34. A... The, the, the Cardinals didn't win that game. The Seahawks lost it. Yes. That was terrible overtime play by the Seahawks. They iced their own... Ki- the, the Cardinals iced their own kicker. And he missed it? And he missed it. Oh, boy. To win the game, and he, <laughs> and he missed it. And then Russell Wilson threw an interception, and... Uh, you know, nonetheless, Cardinals got through 37-34. Is that a major... Uh, is that going to really drag down uh, Russell's uh, MVP candidacy? No. You don't, don't think so? I don't think so. I think that's a big... It, was it three a, interceptions that game? Yeah. Two. Like two. Two interceptions. It was a lot. It, it was... Too many. It was too many. It was too many. I don't think so, though. He's Too many for an MVP, season. in my opinion. Uh, who? Too many for an MVP. Oh, okay. I, I still He still has my vote for MVP. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> a shake of the head from Will McCormick. I, I kind of realized they can't see me, you know, so I was like, I better Well, I could see you. And, say, and yeah. I, I got your disapproval from across the room here. We'll continue with the Tony G picks of the week. I'm 4-0 so far. Monday night, Bears-Rams. I said the Bears are going to win. They've won the last six of the eight against the Rams. I think they go sixes, or excuse me, seven of nine. I was wrong. Bears did not show up last night. Nick Foles looked terrible. That was bad football out of, out of Chicago. A lot of... Bad throws from Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, penalties from the Bears. It wasn't the cleanest. Just wasn't real... the best defense either. The Rams were getting about 10 yards of carry on, yeah. on, when running the football. It was a real spotty play in from terms the, of the Bears. From Chicago, yeah, yeah. It wasn't good at all. 
So they they are the reason that I didn't go five and zero a clean sweep this week. Went four and one though, and I'm back up over five hundred in Tony G picks it a week on the season. I am eight and seven. Well, what do you think? There we go. We're back on track. Eight and seven. Let's go. Now I'm hyped. I didn't even sleep last night because I was so excited. <laughs> I yeah, it was a good week. I kid. I slept. I slept. Eight and seven. There's another five games coming on Thursday. So quick before we wrap up the show, some news and notes. Talked about the Buccaneers uh, and them getting the win, moving to five and two, mm-hmm. and they're only getting better or worse. They go out and they sign Antonio Brown. Weird move. Wide receiver. Remember Steelers, Raiders kind of went off the rails mentally with the Raiders, and then was picked up by the Patriots for like a game or two. Had some allegations come against him. I haven't heard anything about that since. And now finds himself on a free agents list. Over the offseason, throughout the rest of last season, into the offseason, into this season. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the team that scoops him up. Team him with Mike Evans. Team him, O.J. Howard and and, and uh, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Or as well as Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette out of the backfield. That's that's a built team now. And a mm-hmm. good defense. Because they, they just lost uh, Godwin to injury, correct? Yes. So, I mean, poor Tom Brady doesn't have any weapons around him. I just, I really feel for him. You know, he's just, he's got nothing. Yeah, isn't that a weird move, though? Antonio Brown to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm to, guessing to Tom Brady with, was whining to, about. To pair with Tom Brady. Yeah, he must have been whining about not having any weapons. Well, th- that's interesting because they had, it seemed like they had a good relationship. Tom Brady, when they were both Patriots last year, you know, threw a touchdown pass or two to Antonio Brown and allowed him to come spend a night in his home or, or, or stay in his home till he got in his feet in New, New England. But then he got released. Interesting. I mean, it's. They've always had a good relationship, it seems like, and that's only mm-hmm. going to continue. I'm going to ask you, Tony, the same question I asked myself when he signed with the Patriots. How could he mess up this one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that is an endless answer. I think we should end the show on that one. How can he mess this one up? I don't know, though, because it seems like, I mean, I haven't heard much of him since he's been a free agent. Maybe he's humbled up a little bit. Maybe he's not as crazy off the rails. Maybe he's found the train tracks again. How can he mess this one up? He'll mess this one up in ways only Antonio Brown will if he decides to. New batch of Tony G picks of the week coming up next Thursday. Will and I will be back then. This was episode number seven, season five, Tony G show, episode number eight, dropping on Thursday. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Again, going places with Kara Orville. That podcast is going places. That's an interesting podcast. Will McCormick at Willis5312 on Twitter. Tony G for days on Twitter for your host, Tony G. Any last words? Will? No, I'm, I'm excited for next or this uh, upcoming Thursday. We'll see the end of the World Series, and yep. we'll get some more picks. Correct. We'll see you then. Tony G Picks of the Week coming up next Thursday. Thank you for listening. Another drop coming soon.